Welcome to Meadowbrook Church, loving Jesus by loving people. For more information about who we are, find us online at www.meadowbrook.ca. Well, hi. My name is Mesh. I'm one of the pastors here. Merry Christmas to you. Glad you have joined us today. And we're going to invite all the kids up front here. So kids, come on forward. Uh, and if you're uh, a kid at heart, as an adult, if you want to join us up front, you can do that as well. Come on down, kiddos. We got something for you. Here they come. You guys look like you're ready for Christmas. Okay, there you go. Gather in. Well, look here. We got an elf. Hi. How old are you? 15. Very good. All right, kids. Well... We're going to tell you a Christmas story. Actually, Tyson, can I get you to sit right there, buddy? That'd be perfect, because someone, somebody special is going to sit right beside me. We got a story for you guys. However, I don't know. Something doesn't feel right to me before we can tell you the story. So, you know, I'm going to be right back. Laura, can I ask you to join me for a second? And while I'm needing to take care of something, can you entertain the kids and the rest of the church for a few minutes for me? Okay, I'll be right back. No big deal or anything, right? But it's a good thing that I have jokes for a time like this. Always be prepared. Okay. Are you ready? They're good ones. What is the best thing to put into a Christmas pie? Love. Love, that's a good... <laughs> you crush that <laughs> love or your teeth <laughs> what did Adam say on the day before Christmas it's Christmas Eve <laughs> what falls at the North Pole but never gets hurt my I think they ruined it the first service too you guys got it oh man uh oh um, Am I saved? <laughs> Just in time. How'd the jokes go? <laughs> well, kids, we didn't tell you a Christmas story without getting comfortable, so I had to go change. So I've got my Vancouver Canucks slippers on, I've got my Team Canada pajamas on, and I got my ugly Christmas sweater on. So it's perfect. All right, we're going to read a story to you guys. You can get in closer if you guys want. Can you guys see? All right. Once in a town called Nazareth, there lived a girl named Mary. One day an angel flew down to her from heaven. I have good news, the angel said. God has chosen you to have his baby son. The months flew by, and Mary married a carpenter named Joseph. It was almost time for the baby to be born. Then a message came from the rulers of the land. Everybody had to go to their family's home town to be counted. My family came from Bethlehem, said Joseph. That's where we have to go. So they waved goodbye and set off on the dusty road. Mary rode on a little donkey, 
and Joseph walked by her side all the way to Bethlehem. When they arrived, it was nearly dark, and Joseph knocked and he knocked and he knocked at the door at the end. I'm sorry, said the innkeeper, but we don't have any room. So Joseph knocked at another door and another door and another, but no one had any room for them. When the very last innkeeper shook his head, they didn't know what to do. Then the innkeeper had an idea. I have a stable that's warm and dry. You could sleep there tonight. Later that night, Mary gave birth to a baby boy. Your name is Jesus, she whispered. Then out on the hills, shepherds were watching their sheep. Then suddenly, an angel appeared in the sky. His voice rang out like a thousand bells. Tonight, the Son of God was born in a stable in Bethlehem, and the shepherds couldn't wait to visit the baby. They rushed to the stable and peeked inside. Come in, said Mary gently. So they gathered around the manger where the tiny baby lay. And far away at the east, there were wise men who saw a star. It's a sign that the Son of God has been born, said one of them. Then they followed the star across the desert until they got to Bethlehem. The star shone down on the little stable. Could this really be the place? The wise men came in quietly, and they knelt before the manger, and they offered baby Jesus gifts of gold, frankincense, and mirth. And that was the very first Christmas, and it was a very happy Christmas indeed. Now, kids, as you guys wake up really, really early on Christmas morning, and you go downstairs to open gifts and hang out with your family and all those great things, those things are awesome, and it's good to get gifts. And yet, what would be really cool, as you come down on Christmas Day, as you hang out with family, to read the Christmas story as well, because the reason we celebrate Christmas is because of Jesus and the hope that he comes in and through him because of his birth. So we pray that you guys have a great Christmas with family. But again, a reminder for all of us, uh, the hope of the season is Jesus Christ. And that's why we do what we do during this time of year. So I'm going to pray for you guys. And this Miss Laura has a special treat for you. Let me pray. Jesus, thanks for your love. Thank you that you were born. Thank you for the hope that comes in your birth. And I pray, Lord, that would just be real for all of us. And for those who are trying to figure what that means for them, I pray, Lord, you just shine your light upon them. Thank you for these kids, and I pray, Lord, that they would just continue to have a deepened faith, and that you are Holy Spirit reveal to them what you have for them in their lives. And Lord, I pray that we would just take a moment as we enter the season to celebrate the birth of Jesus. So Lord, thank you for being born, and thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Miss Laura's got a treat for you guys. Candy canes. Okay, grab one and go to your seat, guys. All right, thanks, Pastor Mesh, and thanks, Laura. And if anyone got a picture of Mesh in a maple leaf shirt and they wanted to share it all over social media, that would be okay with me to get that captured forever. All right, as we start, my wife is going to come tell some jokes. No, I'm just kidding. That's... All right, you don't need to turn there today. Uh, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. I'm just going to share shortly, just for a few minutes here, and uh, we'll read the scripture together, get to the scripture in just a moment. 
Uh, we've done a short little series through December that we call He Is Here. And of course, at Christmas, we're celebrating Jesus coming near to us, but we've been talking about uh, different sides of who he is and why it is important that he is here. But as we get going, first, we're going to play a little Finish the Christmas Carol lyric game. So let's see how we do. The first service crushed it, not to put the pressure on you guys. So here we go. Joy to the world. What's next? The Lord, the Lord is come, technically, but the Lord has come sounds like it makes more sense. But yeah, it's an old song, so the Lord is come. It obviously means the same thing. The Lord is come. All right, good. That one was easy. Christ by highest heaven adored. The everlasting Lord. There's that word again. We'll try one more. Come to Bethlehem and see him whose birth the angels sing. Come adore on bended knee. Good, very good. I think you guys did a little better than the 9 o'clock service, actually. Quicker on the draw. Yeah, we're trying to start a rivalry between the two services just to keep church a little more interesting. So there is a theme that shows up over and over again in the songs that we sing at Christmas time. And sidebar, by the way, has not our worship team done an awesome job with the Christmas music this December? I've just been so impressed and... Chris, I led worship for a lot of years. Christmas carols are not fun or easy. They're actually difficult songs, and to make them modern and everything is not an easy task, but the worship team just jumped in this year and did a fantastic job. And it shows up over and over and over again in these songs. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord has come, right? We are not just celebrating a baby being born. We are not just celebrating a king being born. We are not just celebrating a savior being born. We are celebrating the Lord has come, and we sing those songs. And so that'll be what we talk into today. As we celebrate Jesus, it's been said that the gospel in three words is Jesus is Lord. If you just wanted a simple way to remember, again, not just that he is a prophet or, or brings a revelation of God or is a good man and a good teacher and an example for us to follow, Jesus is Lord. And that's what makes this birth so extraordinary. So we have a scripture we're going to look at, Luke 2, uh, verse 8 to 14. Again, you don't need to turn there because uh, every Christmas I do this because the Charlie Brown Christmas special is just really close to my heart. And so Linus reads these scriptures or, or recites these scriptures in the Charlie Brown Christmas special, and so uh, we're going to give it to Linus to bring us the word of the Lord today. Take a look. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. 
Thanks, Linus. So that was 1965, and even then it was a fight. Uh, Charles Schultz, who created Charlie Brown, had to fight to get that scene on. The network didn't want it at the time, but he eventually said, if that's not in there, we're not doing it. And so from that stand that he took, now all these years later, the word of the Lord is declared on network television, which is pretty amazing. Every year uh, the special airs, and every year the meaning of Christmas is explored. So Linus has walked us through Luke chapter 2, a few verses there, and we're just going to touch on a couple of them briefly uh, as we go through today. So the angel appears to the shepherds. The shepherds are minding their business, right? They are just at work. They are doing their job. Uh, they, they are not expecting anything out of the ordinary. It's just a normal day on the job. It's actually night in this case, but they are there, and they're just doing their thing, carrying on. And an angel shows up, and the first thing out of the angel's mouth is, fear not. And actually, any time in the Bible, basically, when an angel shows up and encounters a human, the first thing out of the angel's mouth is, fear not, don't be afraid. Whenever heaven touches earth in this way, uh, that's always the first thing. And I think it must just be because the glory of heaven is so great, the glory of God is so intense, the majesty of God is so overwhelming that when our humanness gets to encounter it in such a real way, it must be something that's just overwhelming. And so the first thing that an angel says when they meet a human is you don't have to be afraid. That God is glorious, God is majestic, God is humongous, God is incredible. We as humans are just doing the best we can to wrap our heads around this big, great, glorious God. And a God like that who is just so huge and so holy and so pure might be intimidating, might be a little scary. But when the angel shows up to tell the news that Jesus has come, it's you don't have to be afraid of this God. You don't have to be afraid of this baby who is born. God has come near you. The Lord has come near you in the most approachable way possible. Because to be face-to-face -face with the living God would be overwhelming. But to be face-to-face -face with Jesus, the Lord, as a baby, is not overwhelming. It's actually showing us God in a whole new way. Showing us God in this easily accessible way that is not terrifying. And so the angel comes, fear not, I've got good news, and you don't need to be afraid of what God is up to right now. There's an old preaching story that pastors and preachers have used for a long time now, a couple hundred years, that there was a man who was a farmer, and he noticed as the winter came that there were some birds that, for whatever reason, had not flown south that year. They had not made their way there. They were staying nearby, and this is a problem because winter is coming. These birds are going to be in trouble soon. But the man has a big barn, and he thought, oh, if I could just get the birds into the barn, they would be safe. There's enough warmth there that they would be protected from the winter, and I could bring them some food. If they can make it to the barn, they will be saved. And so he went out to try and see if he could kind of shoo them and, and guide them towards the barn. But they, as soon as they saw him coming, he was a man. They saw him moving, and they just were frightened, and they took off and flew away. And so he thought, okay, when they come back, I'll try another tack. Maybe if I, uh, you know, make some noise, I can kind of drive them. I can kind of scare them towards the barn. And so he charged at them, trying to get them to fly in the direction that he wanted them to fly, but they just got too scared, and they flew straight up, and they flew away. And then he thought, well, maybe I can lead them to the barn. And so he got some breadcrumbs, and he made a trail leading to the barn. And he thought, if I can get them to just follow the bread trails, they'll make their way to the barn. If they make their way to the barn, then they will be saved. But again, as he went out to do that, they saw him coming. They were just overwhelmed, and they took off and flew away. 
And so he was kind of out of ideas, and he thought, you know, the easiest way to do this, if there was any, any way, ever any way that I could become a bird, if I could be like them, then they wouldn't be scared of me. They wouldn't be overwhelmed by me. If I could live among them, then I could actually lead them, and they would follow me because I was one of them, and I could lead them to the barn. I could lead them to their salvation. And as he had that thought, he went, oh, that is Jesus coming to us. That is what we call the incarnation. That God has come and become one of us. The Lord has walked among us. The Lord has shown us what God is like, and the Lord has shown us which way to go. He has shown us the way to salvation, and our job now is to follow him as he's come to us in this baby born in Bethlehem. He's come to us in the most accessible, approachable way possible so that we would not be overwhelmed with fear, and we can follow after him because he has been one of us. He has lived like one of us, and he has shown us the way to go. So fear not, the angel says, you don't need to be afraid of this baby. Moving on, he says, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. This is good news. This is exciting news. And heaven's about to get very excited about these news in a few verses. And he comes to say there is good news coming to all people. There's an invitation here for everybody on earth. It's not just for Israel. It's not just for the holy people or the righteous people or the spiritual people. It's not for any limited group. It is a message that has come for all people. Everyone is invited into the family of God. Everyone is invited to come back to him. The only criteria for you to get an invitation is you have to be a people. That's it. If you are part of that phrase, all people, then, then this is for you. You are welcome. You are invited in. The invitation has come. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The city of David is the kind of the slang nickname term for Bethlehem. A Savior is born, which is Christ the Lord. Not just a Savior, but the Lord has come. And we've been in a little series in December looking at some different sides of who Jesus is. We started off talking about in Jesus, the promise is here. In Jesus, every promise of God is fulfilled. Every promise of God is yes and amen. Everything is fulfilled in him and through him. The word of God comes into its perfection in Jesus. And we are reminded in Jesus that God always keeps his promises. In Jesus, the promise is here. The Savior is here was week two, that Jesus comes to us who cannot save ourselves. We cannot solve the sin problems of this life on our own, and we cannot solve the fact that this life we live does come to an end one day, but Jesus comes to save us because we needed saving. We needed saving from our sin. We needed saving for eternal life. Jesus comes to save us there. Last week, we talked about the Redeemer is here. Jesus doesn't just save us from sin, doesn't just bring us to heaven. That would be plenty to be excited about. But Jesus comes to redeem our lives as well. He comes to restore what was lost. He comes to release what was bound. He comes to right what is wrong. And he comes to do that for us too. And today we focus on not just the Savior, Redeemer, and promises here, but the Lord is here. In Jesus, the Lord has come. This means that Jesus is the boss. Jesus is in charge. And for those of us who have chosen to follow Jesus, that is the distinction that we make, is that I am no longer the Lord of my own life. And I could be the Lord of my own life if I wanted to. Most people live their lives that way. But to say Jesus is Lord is to transfer who the boss is of my own life over to him. 
and say, I'm going to follow after you. I'm going to seek your words. I'm going to follow your example. I'm going to take seriously what you have to say. The decisions I make, I'm going to make as I seek you and your will. Your will is going to become more important than my will. And this is not an always an easy thing to do. We talk about Jesus this way. It shows up, the phrase, this phrase shows up in Scripture a lot. Uh, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Sometimes the Savior part is easier to grab onto than the Lord part. Because if we know we're sinners and we know we need saving, who doesn't want to be saved by God himself? That's amazing. But to say Jesus is Lord means we bow our knee to him. And we say, your will is more important than my will. Your ways are more important than my ways. And your teaching is not just nice suggestions. I'm going to gear my life towards your teaching. Because Jesus, as Lord, says, come and follow me. Follow my words, follow my ways. And for those of us who are followers of Jesus, if he is the Lord of our lives, we say, yes, I will gear my life towards the fact that you are Lord of my life, and I am not the Lord of my own life anymore. I give that to you because you have saved me, and because I trust that your ways are better than my ways. Your ways are higher than my ways. And so in Jesus as Lord, we obey him and we follow him, and we don't just obey and follow him, we worship him as well. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward men. And it's such a vivid scene and if you do a Google search for the, the scene uh, there's just a wide variety of artwork and different things that paint it. I like this picture a lot. Um, and just heaven explodes in worship as this is happening. Jesus is coming to the earth and the Lord has arrived and the shepherds are being invited in and one angel comes to start to share the news and then there's just an explosion of angelic worship heaven cannot contain itself it is so excited at what is happening on earth right now the lord has come and heaven just cannot contain it the angels explode in worship and they say glory to god in the highest uh, we sang it this morning in latin it's gloria in excelsis deo glory to god in the highest of heavens from the earth to the heavens and everything in between let everything that has breath praise the lord let everything worship him and because jesus has come and because jesus is lord he is worthy to be worshiped it is appropriate to give him our worship as well and so we watched a video earlier, the Chris Tomlin song, uh, Christmas Hallelujah, and, uh, and we, I just wanted to talk about that word for a second, because sometimes if you're around church for a long time, uh, you can get so familiar with phrases that you kind of forget the impact of them. Sometimes we're newer to church and we just haven't learned this stuff yet. But the word hallelujah, which we sing a lot, it's a common worship lyric, it's all throughout the Bible from front to back. Hallelujah is a Hebrew word. And it's actually a mashup of a few Hebrew words. They actually created a new word uh, to do what they were trying to do here. And so it's made up of three different words. The first one is halal, which means praise. Hebrew has a lot of words for praise. It has a bunch of them that they use, and they all have a bit of a different meaning. But the word halal means praise, and it, it specifically, if you study the word, is about a loud, boastful praising of somebody else. You can use it about a person or you can use it about the Lord, but it's not just a quiet, timid thing. It is like when your kid scores a goal in a soccer game and you go nuts, uh, it has this implication of even to the point of foolishness, 
giving loud, boastful praise. And so it's the stadium erupting when your hockey team scores a goal. That's what it's talking about. And people are jumping up and down and screaming. Like, that is a halal. If you're a Leaf fan, we've been halaling a lot this year, a lot more than you. If you're a Red Wings fan, you might forget what that feels like a little bit. The halal is there, and it's not just a, oh, praise. Like, it is a, it is a demonstrative cry of praise. The you in there just means you. Sometimes it gets translated as the. And the Yah is short for Yahweh, which is what Israel used to call the Lord. And so uh, the hallelujah is praise you, Lord. And so every time we sing hallelujah, we are saying praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah in the Hebrew, sometimes in the English, it shows up as alleluia, like in the video we just saw. But it all means the same thing. Praise you, Lord. And for Jesus, that is the right word for him. That is the right song to sing. He is worthy to receive our hallelujah because the Lord has come. One of the things that happens at Christmas time, uh, and you may have been a part of this tradition, is that there is a uh, concerto called Handel's Messiah, right? And you've probably heard of that. And it's basically the scripture set to music. It was written a few hundred years ago, and it's all about Jesus coming. It's all about the birth of Jesus. And so it walks through some of the Old Testament prophecies. It walks through Luke's gospel. It walks through some of the book of Revelation. And the most famous part of it, which we'll all be familiar with, is called the Hallelujah Chorus. And you've seen it in movies and cartoons and different things, but they are uh, taking a lot from the book of Revelation, singing about Jesus, singing hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. He shall reign forever and ever. His kingdom shall be without end. And they sing this song over and over and over again. So I want to show you a clip here, and it's from uh, about eight years ago. You might remember when uh, flash mobs were a bit more of a phenomenon in the culture. And so in a public place, a bunch of people would get together, they'd plan it out, and they'd do a song or they'd do a dance or something just in the middle of a mall or whatever, and people would film it, it would go online, and it would go viral. So what I'm going to show you here happened at a mall in Welland, Ontario, up in Niagara, and it is getting close to Christmas time, there's shopping going on, and a bunch of people are just there shopping, going about their business, and then this is what unfolded there. Take a look. It's pretty awesome, right? That Arby's right there. There's a hundred people just singing, praise you, Lord, praise you, Lord, praise you, Lord, praise you, Lord, in this very public place. And what I like about it, especially at Christmas time, is that uh, every singer in that group was kind of unassuming, right? They were dressed like everybody else. Nobody knew what was going on. And then all of a sudden, out of the midst of them, this song began to rise, saying, praise you, Lord. And that really is Jesus coming to us. He was among us, and not everybody recognized him. He was unassuming in the way he approached us, but out of that sort of unassuming carpenter from Galilee uh, is the Lord himself standing among us. And for those shoppers that day who were just kind of hanging out, doing their thing, all of a sudden this worship showed up in the middle of ordinary life. And that is what we do when we come together. We are all living our lives. We're, we're busy right now. There's lots going on. A lot of you are rushing off now from here and you're going to go to family things and work things and all that kind of stuff. But in the midst of the ordinariness of life, we pause and we too sing hallelujah. We too offer the Lord our worship because Jesus is Lord. The Lord has come and the Lord is worthy of our worship today. 
And so we are gonna worship one more time before we go. We saw the song on the video earlier, the Chris Tomlin song, A Christmas Hallelujah. Uh, it might be a bit newer to you, but it is very simple. And so we are gonna sing that again in close. We are gonna offer our praise you Lord to him today. So would you stand with me please? The words will be up on the screen. Jesus, we praise you this morning because you are Lord, because you are King, you are the promised one. Father, we thank you that in your love, in your grace for us, you sent your Son to show us the way, you sent your Son to bring us hope, to bring us light, and now we can walk in the light of your salvation and your hope. Father, we thank you that we have that confidence in you now, that you are Lord, we proclaim this morning that you are the promised one, that you are King, amen. Thank you for being here this morning. I uh, just want to remind you, we have a prayer team at the front of the room here if you need prayer this morning. And if you want to visit and hang out, we just invite you to go into the lobby and you can do it out there. Have a great morning.